Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He's good. We serve a good God. We belong to a good God. We belong to a faithful Savior. Amen. 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 Praise God. This is, uh, this is an exciting weekend. I, I always love when we get to baptize people in this service. We have a bunch of them that are getting baptized. And so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Give it up for those people. Amen. Now listen, this, this weekend, the message is kind of a wrap-up of the series that we've been in for the past four weeks, five weeks, including this weekend. Uh, prepare the way of the Lord. We've been, do, we've been studying this for the past month. It's a, it's a time of reflection, a time of correction, a time of expectation. Our, our text for this series has been based upon Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in every desert, in the desert, a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. Verse 5 is what we're featuring this weekend. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh, every person, every human being shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. So this portion of scripture speaks to us about reflecting on what needs to change. We need to reflect on ourselves every once in a while and find out, okay, what do I need to change? What needs to happen in my life to get myself prepared for what God wants to do next? It speaks of correction that's needed in order for us to receive all that what God wants to do in this next season of life. You know, we're going from season to season constantly. It speaks of expectation that we're to have. When we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, and allowing him to correct us, allowing him to straighten some things out in our lives, tweak some things, that when that happens, when we participate with him, when we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we have an expectation that we're going to see the glory of God manifested not only in our personal lives, but even corporately in, within our church family, our church body. Amen? Amen? So this weekend, we wrap it up by focusing on this expectation that we have to see the glory of God manifested. This is our expectation. Do you have an expectation? Have you, have you allowed an expectation to build up on the inside of you throughout all these weeks? And if you've missed any of the weeks, if you missed any of the weekend messages, please go to our website. Go, you'll see there. There's a message library, and you can listen to the messages from the past four weeks. Each one of them builds on a different place of expectation and preparation and reflection. So, the week, this week and the conclusion of this series is based on this statement. Our lives are to make a statement. Your life is to make a statement. My life is to make a statement. It's supposed to say something. Okay? At the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus made this statement to the multitudes that were gathered there for him, to hear him. Matthew chapter 5, Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. It gives light to all who are in the house. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So, so the glory that God receives in heaven is very much determined by what we do here on the earth. 
people will bless God. People give glory to God when they see you and I shining, when our life is making a statement, declaring what we believe, who we believe in, who we are in Christ. Amen? Amen. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Okay, your life has to make a statement. There is no such thing as a secret Christian, or I should say there should not be any such thing as a secret Christian. Okay? We're not underground, okay? We're supposed to be very much, very, very uh, uh, visible, vocal. Not vocal in in a harassing sense, not vocal in an arrogant sense, but our life should speak something. Now, now watch this now. In Matthew 5, when we just read, verse 14, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He said to us, we are the light of the world. But in John's gospel, in chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And my question is, which one is it? Which one is correct? Are we the light of the world or is he the light of the world? The answer is yes. They're both correct. Okay? We, within ourselves, we have no light to shine. If Jesus is not in us, we, when Jesus was not in us, we had no light to shine. Okay, we'd be better off if we kept our mouth shut and stayed underground. Amen? Amen. Before we come to Christ, we are nothing but darkness. It's just the way it is. But the true light, according to what John wrote in the first, in the first chapter of the gospel, but the true light that brings life to men now lives in us. Now listen to this and see if you can grasp this reality from this illustration. As the moon has no capacity to produce light, so we have none of our own. The moon shines because it reflects the light of the sun, which it produces. The sun produces light. We shine because we are to reflect the light of the sun, S-O-N, which he produces. So we're to shine his light. We don't have a light of our own. We shine his light. We reflect his goodness, his glory, his love, his devotion to the Father. Amen? Amen. So remember our text, when the glory of the Lord comes upon us, then all flesh, every person around us should see it because our lives are to make that public statement of who we are and what we believe. Amen? Amen. Now, now, Jesus used a phrase, a city on a hill which, let me give you some context and some background here. That city on the hill, he could have been referring to the ancient city of Sepphoris. Now, I'm not going to give you a big history lesson, but it's important because it helps us to understand much, 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 much clearer and much better why Jesus used this phrase, a city on the hill. Sepphoris was located just a few miles from Nazareth. At that time, when Jesus was here on the earth, It was the capital of that region of Galilee. Very wealthy, very prosperous. That that city, that little city contained hundreds of beautiful villas and estates. It was the Beverly Hills of Galilee, okay? And it was most likely the place where Joseph, Jesus' father, as well as Jesus himself, probably went to work there. Nazareth was kind of known as the bedroom community for everyone that went over to Sepphoris to build for all these wealthy, prosperous, very rich people. Okay? And so even the word that's used for carpenter when it refers to Joseph or refers to Jesus in Greek really doesn't mean carpenter in the, in the, in the, in the true meaning the way we 
ascribe to a carpenter today? The word that's used in the original language is really a master craftsman who could work either with wood or with stone. Now, if you take into consideration that in the Middle East there's very few trees and there's building more with stone, we can understand that they were probably father and son, Jesus and his father Joseph, his earthly father Joseph, were probably more stonemasons, stone workers. Okay, but whatever. Now, the name Sepphoris, the title Sepphoris of that city, in Hebrew means little bird and basically was meant to kind of describe the position that this city had up on a hill. If you were in Nazareth, you would look up to see, you would see Sepphoris in, the, in just a few miles away. Now, now imagine this, what Jesus was talking, understand, the, the people in his surrounding, they understood completely what he was talking about. They knew the relationship between that city, Sepphoris, and the city of Nazareth, okay? And so Jesus may have grown up seeing hundreds of flaming torches and lamps in Sepphoris at night, which could not be hidden. And that's why he's using this illustration of Sepphoris when he said, we're supposed to be just like Sepphoris, where it's a city on the hill from every place in that region. You can look up and see that city, especially at night, with torches flaming, with lamps lit, oil lamps. You couldn't miss it. And so that's what Jesus is saying we're supposed to be like. This is an illustration he's saying to describe the life of a believer, it's not a secret life. It's a life that makes a statement. It's a light that shines. It's, it's, it's a statement is I'm a believer. I'm a follower and a servant of Jesus Christ. And that's what we do when we are baptized in water, which we're going to do in a little while from now. The individuals that are coming to be baptized in water, they're, they're like that city on the hill. They're, they're shining. They're saying, this is who I am. This is what I believe. I'm not ashamed to declare it. This is my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why this is so important. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we are honored to have people make that decision this weekend to step out of the crowd to step out and to be noticed by an act of their obedience and making the statement, I have decided to follow Jesus and to identify with his death, burial, and resurrection. And there is no greater way to honor the Lord than to obey his commands. Now, before Jesus' ascension back into heaven, he gave the command, we just read that, to the disciples, to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is referred to as the believer's baptism. It's an illustration of what has taken place in the new believer's heart, which cannot outwardly be observed when a person is saved. When someone is saved, when somebody prays that prayer of salvation, we can't see what takes place on the inside. We can't see. It's not visible. But when someone steps forward and says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the plunge. I'm going to get water baptized. And that's going to make the statement to everybody of what I believe in and who I am. Remember, our lives are to make a statement. They're to speak loudly and to declare what we believe. Amen. Now this baptism, this water baptism is a picture. It's a demonstration. It's an illustration of the gospel that, that depicts the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, being immersed in water pictures the death and burial. Coming up out of the water pictures the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Being raised from the water is a, a type of reenactment of the resurrection in which he conquered 
sin and death. Baptism always follows belief in Jesus Christ as one Savior. Baptism does not make a believer. Do we understand that? I want to make sure that we're clear on this. Okay? If you're not born again, you go in the water, you come up, the most you did was get wet. Okay? And I know many of us have this concept of baptism from, from past uh, church experiences, or maybe you were raised in a denomination like I was, where you took babies, you sprinkled a little water on their head, and, and that was the end of it. That, that's not biblical baptism, okay? This baptism is supposed to make a statement and make a declaration. First of all, a child has no, no way of deciding for themselves. An infant, you can do anything you want with them. They can't say yes, they can't say no. And so, therefore, the, that kind of a baptism is meaningless. This is why we, according to the Bible, dedicate our infants and dedicate our children so that when they come to the point in life of that age of accountability, when they've received Jesus Christ as their own personal Lord and Savior, when they themselves come to the conclusion, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead. That's when the person is qualified biblically to participate in baptism. Amen? So Jesus said our, our lives are to be like the city lit up at night, which is very hard to ignore. You can't miss that. And what are the characteristics of a city on the hill? High, high visibility. We should not, listen, listen, church. Listen, those of you that are watching, listen. We are not to expect to blend in with the world. I'll say it again, because I don't know if that message God has gotten across yet. We are to stand out. We, turn to somebody and say, we're to stand out. We're not, we're not supposed to blend in. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. In fact, in the scriptures, in Peter's, Peter's letters, he, he says that we're a peculiar people. Yeah, we're strange. We're different. But he called us a holy nation. A royal priesthood. For this reason, that we would proclaim, that we would proclaim, what did we say, making a statement, that we would proclaim that one who took us from darkness and brought us into the light, that one that redeemed our souls, that one that purchased our spirits back, made us alive again. Are you listening? Yes. That's the statement that our life is supposed to make. Don't ever turn your light down. Don't ever turn that light down. If there's anything that the world needs to see right now, it needs to see the genuine light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's anything your loved ones need to see right now, is they need to see you on fire for God. If there's any, anything that, that your loved ones, your neighbors, your co-workers, they need to see somebody who's shining that light bright and not ashamed. Like Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Nobody gets saved without the knowledge of God. Nobody gets saved without the gospel. Nobody gets saved with. And listen, I know there's. I know there's some people. I used to be one of them many, 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 many years ago, many years ago. I thought my testimony was going to be the one that did it. Your testimony don't get nobody born again. I don't know. I didn't say that nice, but your testimony does not get anybody saved. Your testimony might get somebody to listen to the word of God. But don't, don't just share your testimony. Well, look what God did with me. Look what God did with me. Look what, That's wonderful. But give them the word. Give them the word. Because it's the confession with their mouth, what they believe in their heart, that brings a person to salvation. Not because God did all kinds of miracles for you and for me. Amen? 
Hallelujah. We're supposed to stick out. Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, verse 1, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. Well, for something to be holy, it's got to be separate. I'll say it again. For something to be holy, it's got to be separate. If something is always common and thrown around with everything else, it's not separate. It's not sanctified. It's not holy. Holy means separate. Well, pastor, you're saying I'm supposed to walk around in life with my nose up in the air and not bothering anybody. No, 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 no. It's not a stance from the outside. It is a position on the inside. I love you. I love you. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to love the people in the world. We're not supposed to love the world. We're supposed to love the people in the world. Amen. Okay? But, but you're no good to them if you get just like them. I want a lifeguard who knows how to swim to come and get me in the ocean. I don't need a lifeguard who doesn't know how to swim. Are you listening? Hallelujah. So we're supposed to be transformed, not conformed. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is it? You, 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 you born again are all brainwashed. Hallelujah, because my brain was bad. My brain was full of cobwebs. My brain was full of dirt and dust and everything else. Thank God it's, it's washed and renewed by the washing of the word, the word, the word, the gospel, the power of God. Amen? Transform, not conform. We are called to break out of the mold, not to allow the mold to form us. We're, we're supposed to be following a higher standards. In other words, listen, church, we don't handle things the same way the world does. I'm going to keep preaching. You jump in whatever you want. Jesus said we're not to hide who we are. We're not to hide our new identity in Christ from the world around us. Our life is to speak. It's to say I once was in darkness, but the light of the Lord has risen inside me because Jesus is my light and my salvation. Amen. And that's what the people in just a few minutes are going to be doing when they submit themselves to this commandment from the Lord Jesus Christ. Be baptized. In other words, do something that's on the natural, something on the outside, something that's visible, something that speaks loudly so people know where you stand. And, and those of you that are, well, those of you that get baptized, you can, you can stand up now. Please line up against this wall here. Hallelujah. We bless you, Father. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, come on. Give it up. Glory. Now, I, I speak to all of you that are going to participate in this ordinance of the Lord, this commandment of God. Have an expectation for something very supernatural to happen. Whenever you're obedient to the commandments of God, whenever we do what God says for us to do, we should have an expectation that we should change on the other side of that threshold. In this series we've been studying, we've been talking a lot about thresholds. A threshold is something that separates you from one room to another, one season to another. And, and what you're going to participate in the next few minutes, I want you to see it as a threshold experience. 
Have an expectation that when you come up out of this water, you're stepping into a different level of relationship with God. Okay? You listening? Have an expectation. I'll just share with you very quickly my experience of being water baptized. Thank God you've got a nice tank, clear water. I got baptized in a lake that looked like iced tea. Dirty, full of dead leaves. God only knows what else was dead in that water. I was so sick that day. Sick as a dog. And I thought to myself, oh no, devil. You're not going to stop me from participating in this. Amen. You're not going to stop me. I'm going, I don't care if they've got to carry me in the water. I'm going to get baptized. I, as I'm standing here before God, my wife can attest to the fact, when I came, I know something happened when I was under that water. Now, I was only under that water. You're only going to be under that water a couple of seconds unless some of you really had a rough life. We'll keep you in longer. <laughs> You know, because the, the, the further down you go and the longer you stay, the higher you go in heaven. Okay? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I swear to you before God as I'm standing here, give witness to God, that the second I came up under that water, every symptom, every pain, every discomfort completely disappeared. Amen. Completely disappeared. Amen. There is something supernatural that you should have an expectation for. Okay? That when you come up out of this water, you are no longer the same person you were. You're making a declaration of what you truly have been saying all this time that you said you believed. Now you're making that declaration. This is what I believe. I want you, I, I, I always share this. I'm not going to take much longer to talk, but I always share this whenever we baptize anyone. I want you to understand that, that you'll never take this lightly or frivolously because throughout history, a person making this declaration of their faith in certain parts of the world basically signed their death sentence. All throughout history, there's people whose lives have been, 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 been sacrificed and martyred because they made this statement. As we're here right now this weekend, even in this service right now, there are people all over the world that are still taking their life into their hands when they make this kind of a declaration. I am a Christian. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll make that declaration all of my life. So don't take lightly what you do. Don't treat this as, as common because there are brothers and sisters of the Lord who don't live long after they make this declaration. Amen. Amen. My prayer for you is that may the Lord Jesus Christ reveal himself to you by his spirit in a deeper way after you come out of this water. May you sense an intimacy with him like you've never before. May you have a hunger and thirst to know him like never before. And may you always live up to your responsibility to make the declaration to whoever God puts in your life that you realize they don't know him, that you will promise before God that you will do whatever possible, that you will make yourself available to the Holy Spirit to bring that message of love, of grace, of reconciliation to every person that you ever come across. May the Lord bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, let's get started here. If you want to take pictures, you're welcome to take pictures. Just please make sure you stay out of the way, especially this aisle here because they'll be coming out and walking up this aisle here. Praise God. You guys ready?